Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, the security secrets lurking in our little phones. It's actually a supercomputer. It, you know, it has more processing power than the supercomputers of 20 years ago. It is a powerful device, and it literally carries um, your entire life. A recent television ad by a leading tech company pointed out starkly something you may not really think about, which is the personal information and data on your mobile phone is your largest digital liability. It appears, in fact, that may be a larger threat to our political system than is currently appreciated. Our next guest, Bob Stevens, Vice President of America's at Lookout, has been thinking about this issue pretty deeply and has come in on the show today to share some information that as a citizen or politician, I want you to have. So let's talk with Bob about this issue and learn more. Bob, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Well, let's start with the basics. In general, how have mobile phones become such a, a security challenge and liability for all of us? You know, the phone is uh, um, sort of, I call it the underbelly uh, of uh, the hacker's world because it's uh, a lot easier to um, breach than uh, traditional devices. Uh, if you look at your PC or laptop, you know, there's a lot of tools that have uh, been installed, likely been installed um, on those to protect them, help protect them. Mobile devices, not so much. You know, I think uh, most people think, hey, my, my phone's, you know, inherently secure, uh, which really isn't the case. Uh, it, you know, there's a lot of ways for the hackers to be able to get on the device. You know, they can do it, you know, via text messages. They can do it in messaging apps. They can do it in an application itself um, with malicious content. There's vulnerabilities that exist on the devices. So there's just a lot of, uh, of surface area for hackers to be able to, to pursue. Yeah, I don't think that people tend to really focus that these days the phone that they're carrying around in their pockets really is the technological equivalent of what would have been sitting in their desk as recently as five years ago. It's bigger than that. It's actually a supercomputer. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it has more processing power than the supercomputers of 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it, it is a powerful device and it literally carries um, your entire life um, with you wherever you go. You know, we won't do it, but we could spend the next 10 minutes talking about the, the social ramifications that we're using supercomputers to promulgate cat photos. <laughs> but let's actually take it from the trivial to to the important, which is we now have these devices which provide an enormously attractive attack services for cybersecurity uh, hackers and people who want to steal data and manipulate. I know you're an expert in this. What's caused you to want to really raise the alarm around why this is relevant with respect to politics? Well, as we know, uh, there are other countries that have, uh, you know, attempted or have interfered with our, our elections. And uh, one of the things that I'm, I, w- I would like to see is, you know, as many people um, are allowed to vote as possible and as many people as possible are informed about the vote that they're about to place. Uh, one of the ways that you do that is through your mobile device. And uh, politicians are, are definitely aware of that. You know, you know we've seen an unbelievable increase uh, in the use of uh, mobile advertisements, um, text messages, you know, social media um, to get their message out. Um, so, you know, one of the and, and again, one of the ways to ensure that voters, all voters get to participate is to make it easy for them, make it convenient. Um, so, you know, the mobile device allows you to do that. But with that comes a lot of risk. Well, absolutely. It is interesting to me that I can bank on my phone, right? Uh, there are many things I can do on my phone, but I can't vote. And I've always found that uh, very. there's no reason why you couldn't overcome the technical challenge to really encourage democracy through these mobile devices if, if you chose. And there are states that have allowed um, voting on mobile devices. Uh, so um, 
during the last election in West Virginia um, allowed absentee ballots to be placed uh, with a mobile device. Uh, so it's mostly for service people that are overseas um, that wanted to be able to participate in the election. You know, in the past, you and I would say, well, but they're absentee ballots. You know, do they really matter? Today, they do. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them needs to be counted um, because in the last election, we saw that they mattered. And you're right. Having the ability to vote is just a matter of creating an application that allows you to do that, which has been done. But and I'm sure the app developers will tell you, hey, my app is safe. And it probably is. But is the device safe that you're voting on? You know, is there somebody on that device that's stealing your credentials that's now going to place votes on your behalf? Are they trying to, you know, manipulate the messages that you receive from the uh, from the candidates uh, to try and sway your opinion one way or the other? Um, and, you know, because people are on mobile devices all the time, that's where generally where they're getting their data from. You know, it's a huge concern. So in effect, there are multiple aspects to this, this issue or challenge. It sounds like the first one is if your information is your personal information, your biases, your your behaviors are scrapable or, or reachable by unscrupulous people, they then can use that information to place misinformation or try to manipulate us, which is the same issue we have with our personal computers these days with, with the social networks. But then the second one is my personal information may be taken and then used to represent or spoof me in the world as and represent that I have an opinion that I don't or I, I vote in a way that I don't. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So all, all that's true. Yeah, I, I look at sort of three areas as a, as the, as a concern um, and things we need to think about protecting. Um, one is the, 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 um, the candidates themselves and their staffs. Uh, as we know, you know, there were breaches that occurred back in 2016. If, if I'm, you know, somebody that's trying to, you know, get into a candidate's network or to try and steal any data whatsoever, I'm likely to go after the mobile device because I know there's very little protection on it today. Mm. Um, and most of the staffers are running around with their mobile devices and using it to communicate or accessing the databases um, of the candidate to understand, you know, you know, I'm, I'm in front of a house. What, how does this person traditionally vote? You know, should I go in and talk to them? Right. Things like that. Um, so the second area is the, is the voters themselves. So how do I ensure that the integrity of their vote is met? Uh, which means, you, so I've got an app, I place my vote on the app, as we just talked about, did that register as the candidate that I wanted to select or did somebody hack into my, um, into my device uh, and change, potentially change my vote? We have Apple out basically marketing themselves as almost where we're a hack-proof ecosystem that they seem to do that on the mobile and also on their desktops. I don't see similar claims in the, in the Wintel world, but at the end of the day, is this a software problem? Is this a hardware problem? What technologies exist right now that are deployable into mobile that can address these type of security issues? It's all of the above uh, that you have to worry about. You know, anytime you're creating software, there's going to be you know vulnerabilities. You know, it's just a it's a nature of the beast. So you've always got to worry about software and software development. You know, and and, and I wouldn't say that it's always malicious. You, know, you could download you know what they call an SDK, which is a is a kit that you use to help develop software um, to make things easier for you. Uh, and there may be, uh, you know, some um, poorly written code in there that you're not aware of, and but the hackers are, and they can take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, there's always hardware, um, um, less likely, but um, always hardware issues as well. You know, it, what, what you need to be able to do is you need to protect the phone from, you know, in several areas. Uh, one is um, um, what we call safe browsing or um, safe Wi-Fi. So, you know, 
mobile devices try and connect to every Wi-Fi network that they come in contact with. Yes. You know, if I'm if I'm a bad guy, I'm sitting there waiting uh, for you to try and connect. I'll try and get in the middle of that connection, and then I'll start to steal your credentials or your data or whatever it is. And probably the most important is phishing. You're trained on your desktop or your laptop to, to spot phishing attempts. Right-click everything. Exactly. Yeah, you can't do that on a mobile device. Yeah. And also the phishing attempt comes in via text. It comes in via a, a messaging app. It could come in via Facebook, um, Twitter, uh, Instagram, it, you know, emails. Um, there's a, a whole host of ways that you can be phished uh, on a mobile device. Well, if you and I were talking about this in the corporate context, I think that you and I would agree that that the corporate entity has the responsibility to create, you know, end-to-end security so that the data can't be breached at, at the server level and at the edge level. But yet, when you're talking about mobile, I mean, who's ultimately responsible for the the end-end? Is is that the fundamental? Is it is that the fundamental issue? You've got consumers who are using the phones. You've got the carriers who provide the the tone, the carriage. You've got the companies that are providing the data. Is that really the problem here, that nobody is really responsible for the edge-to-edge security? You know, I think it lends to the problem. Nobody has stepped up to take responsibility. I think the bigger problem is that, they, that most people turn a blind eye when it comes to security on mobile devices. Because uh, as you mentioned earlier, you know, they, they think that uh, they're inherently secure. And they're really not a target for the bad guys, which, which isn't, isn't true. You know, we, um, we have seen an, an unbelievable – I'll give you just one. We had a customer that recently tested 1,000 devices for 30 days. They had 150 phishing attempts during that 30-day period. Mm. So that's a huge percentage and a very small number of the actual employees in the company. Um, so I think it's really, you know, the, the, the organizations in the government need to step up and, and um, take responsibility. Um, and they need to understand that mobile devices are outside of their traditional perimeter. They're not protected by their firewalls. You know, it's up to, up to them to ensure that there's something that's protecting the device on the device. Uh, and also that the consumer or the user of that device is aware of what's occurring. So if I'm a consumer now and I don't want to wait for the government to mandate edge security, what do I do? Do I, I, I assume I go and I download some software? I mean, what do I do? Well, you, yeah, look at – so the company I work for, look at we – uh, we have a personal product that's on um, both the uh, Apple iTunes store and the uh, Google Play store. So we've now come to a situation where if we want to do our part for democracy, we should actually download applications to protect our phones. We should, yes. Well, here's another example. What's working in Washington? You want to do patriotic duty, actually practice cybersecurity. It's not just you as an employee trying to protect your work phone, as you pointed out. It's it's the consumer phone as well, your personal phone. Because if, if I'm going to go after you and I know you carry two phones, one for work, one for home, personal use, I'm going to go after the personal one. Well, another reminder that this little computer in your pocket is a great thing, but also is a re- something that needs to be worked and used with responsibility. Bob Stevens, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, and our web writer is B. Aldrich. Music provided by two local bands, The Sunbathers, and my own band, Two Car Living Room. And of course, thanks to Active Navigation, Salesforce Shaw, and the Greater Washington Board of Trade who provide the financial support to make this show possible. If you have a story idea, don't forget to tweet us at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for joining us.